everyone, welcome to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Philip, and I'm Daryl, and we are going to discuss another issue of this series. And we left on a cliffhanger. I think I feel we can probably open many issues and many episodes with "We left on a cliffhanger." And um, yes, we we're sensing a pattern. Yes, to throw back to our Wheel of Time days, there is a pattern in the age. It's episodic writing at its very best when it comes to comics. Yes, because it's been leaving us wanting to read the next issue. And did I start reading the next issue? While you were just sitting there? Correct. You did. I absolutely did. Yeah, we are in March 2006. So, um, just a month after our last (laughs) issue. Um, but... I was turning 20. What a journey for you. Oh, and you had been... You turned 20 in the previous episode. I did. So, um... At 20 is such a nothing age to turn. I know. It's like 16, 18, 21 here in the States. Like, that's... Right. That's it. And Maybe 25 if you want to rent a car. Yeah. Which I did a lot of traveling, so that was sort of good, but still, like, 20. Cool. Yeah. It's like a birthday in college, so that's about it. And it's bringing your sophomore year when you're burned out, and in my case burnt out <laughs> yeah uh, so levels. um well happy birthday to 20 year old philip in march <laughs> 2006 and there are a few things for our pop culture pop-up awesome there it goes and um first on the music charts transport yourself so we already had your beautiful by james blunt last month this month, it's Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Oh. Yeah, which I feel... You know how some it, songs are just used over and over? I feel like it comes up in, like, a bunch of commercials now, where it's, like, a soap commercial, or it could be, like, a prescription with tons of terrible side effects. Yes. Like, <laughs> like they are using the, it for so much now, and... I don't know if I'm ready for it to be back. It's another one of those songs where it was everywhere. I feel it was on a Grey's Anatomy episode. One of the acapella groups in college did it. Yeah, it it was one of those songs that just grabbed your attention and... Um, the acapella group did it for like the other five years that I was there. Oh, wow. Between student and working there. Yep. Like you go to a, a Sirens of Swank show and that was one of them. And there they were. Singing Natasha Bedingfield's Unwritten. And... Open up the dirty window, okay? (laughs) Like, I wish she would have just cleaned her window. I Oh, I've got it mixed up in my head with the bottle full of sunshine or something from... Oh, you do? No, this is... We were just talking about A-listers, but the A-word. Did you feel the rain on your skin? No one else can do it for you. Only you can let it in. No one else. No one else. So that song really made an indelible mark on your subconscious if you're able to recite it like that. (laughs) Shit, yes it did. Or your conscious, I should say. Yeah, like it was everywhere. Reality TV check-in. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Brother. Because it is season two of Hogan Knows Best on VH1. Okay. So... (laughs) We both like pro wrestling. Yeah, and have for a long time. Maybe not the current product, but like I grew up with wrestling. You discovered it 
in like sixth grade, like late at night in a very surreptuous way. And then ever I try to watch it, they'd be like, turn off that crap. So I'd have to wait until like I was staying overnight at my grandparents and the, I was on and the And you're like, Nana, couch. don't you have to go to bed? It's like 1030 and I need to watch WWF Shock and Saturday Night. Yeah, it was either like Stargate or the like BC list product. Oh, it was C list product back then, which means it was the best. Like it yeah. was so good to watch. Because I didn't know much about like who Shawn Michaels or Triple H or um the A listers. Like the people who were in main events. You did not know them. I didn't, but I saw all the hunks that they had for their filler shows and their tag teams. So that's sort of where I entered it. And so I was sort of like okay, cool, these main event people. So and you were... I was never even that into Hulk Hogan. It, Hulk Hogan, like, as a child of the 80s, and I was exposed to wrestling growing up, like, Hulk Hogan was a big deal. And then... Um, he should he... have lost to Hercules Hernandez. And then he went over to a different promotion and was an even bigger deal, arguably. And by 2006, like... He wasn't really actively wrestling, but, oh, he had a reality show with his wife, Linda, and their kids, Brooke, and... Is there a son? There is a son, Nick. Nick Hogan. He got arrested and shit. Oh. Like, ten years ago or something for drunk driving, or... I think he actually, like, killed someone or paralyzed them or something. Oh, no. Yeah. So Hogan knows best, but does he... Yeah, I don't know, because he he and Linda divorced after that show ended. And I I watched a few episodes. Brooke Hogan, she this was part of those vanity projects for people to come out with singles. Lindsay Lohan with Rumors. I'm sure you're going to... Was Paris Hilton also in that club? Uh, Stars Are Blind. I don't know, because she's a legit talent. She's a DJ. She still DJs. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so... And she follows you on Twitter, so you're basically famous. I know. Paris Hilton is one of my Twitter followers. Shout out Paris, because I know you're listening to this right (laughs) now. Girl, I love you. Um, (laughs) But there were a bunch of just vanity projects where it, it would just be a single. And this was before Nobodies Could Do It, like that Friday song that came along a few years after this. Which was, like, some girl's Um, mom paid for recording time. And it became a whole thing. Yes. This was when, like, people famous for other things thought they could sing. (laughs) And Brooke Hogan was one of them. And um, maybe when this episode is released, I'll uh, find some way to, like, post a music video or something. But, um... That's a whole thing. Thing right there it is um the biggest thing pop culture wise are the oscars the academy awards the academy gathered to recognize the best in film so i'm, I'm guess i'm sensing that there's a theme here like is this award season when you watch Shit's creek and moira answers the question what's your favorite season with awards, awards. Um, it is. Um, traditionally golden globes happen january grammys are in february oscars are March, um, so uh, they're in late March in 2022, um, it just depends. I feel like the last time I paid attention to the Oscars, it was when Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring was in, and I saw Anya perform. Oh, you love your new age ladies. Of the 90s. Yes. 
I actually got detention for making fun of my English teacher in ninth grade playing Enya when it was, like, free writing time. Like, I was like, ugh, Enya. And she's like, you can go to detention. It's like, fuck you. I would have said the same thing, because how dare you? <laughs> it, she was super offended that I'm like, can we not listen to Enya? Like, I can't focus my obvious talent in writing <laughs> in ninth grade with Enya playing in the background. Do you, side question, do you, when you listen to some, like, classical music or, like, um, mood music, as Anya was always featured on, with um, those, like, nature CDs and stuff? Right. Would you, would the music instantly create images in your mind of things? Or would you just be like, why is this playing? I can't really listen to things when I'm writing. So when So when I wrote my book, um, which is, don't worry, dear listeners, <laughs> it's actually... Uh, a history book, it's nothing about Marvel. Um, and I'll have to self-publish it because publishers be turning me down. Um, but when I was writing that in the midst of the pandemic, um, I would, I tried listening to music, thinking maybe if it's something I really enjoy in the background, I, no. Like, I got so distracted. Oh. I can't create any written piece while there's music in the background. Oh. Unless it's snarky emails. Some, sometimes I can do that. So, whenever, for certain songs, like, there are certain images that come up pretty immediately. So, like, Dance Macabre is, like, this whole ball with swirling skeletons and dresses and those big, long uh, standards and stuff okay. around the room. And it's very demonic-looking and very cute. Or, like, one of the movements of Appalachian Spring is very evocative like if you've seen the movie Fantasia dear listener like it's all of that so you're talking vibes yes okay and then like it creates a certain image in your mind that you see mm -hmm. and sort of like imagine yourself with so that's another reason I sort of like this ephemeral new age music it's a good time so the Academy Awards oh yes yeah pop culture um, we're 2006 it lasted for three hours and 33 minutes that is so long um, best picture was Crash. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's this year. It beat out Brokeback Mountain. Oof. Yeah. Um, best director was Ang Lee for Brokeback Mountain, though. Oh, okay. So, you know, Reese Witherspoon got best actress. She beat out Kira Knightley, which, I mean, queen. I love Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley, I know you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> I love you, too. For Dr. Zhivago? She's in Pride and Prejudice. Oh, that's when that one came out? Yeah. Oh, what was Reese Witherspoon in? Walk the Line. Oh. Yeah. I sort of missed the whole Johnny Cash boat. So. I know. I, I listened to it growing up, but it's like, yeah. I don't need a movie about it. Um, Is it like Bob Dylan and me, and I, where I feel like his songs are better sung by other people? You probably haven't heard anything. Okay. Best Supporting Actress, Rachel Wise. Ooh, we love her from The Mummy. She was in The Constant Gardener. Oh. Uh, I mean, we like gardening. I've never seen this movie. Constant Gardening sounds exhausting. I mean, that's us in the summer. I, We're like, it, oh, we should harvest this. Oh, we need to weed this. Oh. oh can oh. we get away with how jungle-like this is becoming? I know. <laughs> um, but this year's going to be different, dear listener. It's going to... We'll keep listening for updates on our gardening antics. You're going to be so excited for this best documentary feature. 
Is it about Lord of the Rings? It's March of the Penguins. Ah! Yes. Okay, so long after this, there is a penguin documentary called Spy in the Huddle, where they have cameras hidden in like these mock-ups of a penguin egg, or a swimming penguin, or a little penguin chick. Um, that can be remote controlled and that they take all this footage and it is amazing. They cover three different species and it's narrated by David Tennant and he's on my list of like favorite narrators. People? Just favorite people. Well, yes. Because he says in his Scottish accent, these cheeky little birds. No. Um, best original song. For a movie? For the movie, it's, how to, it's hard out here for a pimp. By 3-6 Mafia. You know your favorites, 3-6 Mafia. I don't know her. Um, they uh, they beat out Dolly Parton for an award during this award season as well. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, um, it's hard out here for a pimp. From Hustle and Flow. Hustle and Flow did not win any other awards but this one. Um... And Memoirs of a Geisha were big in the technical, sort of like art direction, cinematography, costume design stuff, Chronicles of Narnia, best makeup. I mean, Tilda Swinton. Yes. Okay, side note, the Chronicles of Narnia from the BBC from the 80s, though, is so good. Like, fixture of my childhood mm. with the Bieber... Double tape. Y yes, double tape Double VHS set. tape. We have to watch the whole Wonderworks previews for Girl of the Limberlost and Jacob Have I Loved. And Have you ever watched those, though, beyond the previews? A long time ago. Okay. And Jacob Have I Loved is a good book. Mm. But it did such a good job with, like, these over-the-top characters and, like, Robomatronic. That's not a word. Animatronic. That one. Yep. Robomatronic sounds a lot cooler, though. It sounds futuristic. <laughs> Because Aslan is clearly a robot. Mm. And, like, the little cartoon things. And it's so well done. And, like, for small small child me, it's just chef's kiss. But the 2006 version is good, too. I listened to the soundtrack while driving from Washington State back to Minnesota. Oh. And the In Memoriam. There are two people I want to highlight. One is Robert Wise. You know Robert Wise. Do I? He directed The Sound of Music oh. and Star Trek The Motion Picture. Shout out to our Bun Bun Nick, whose favorite movie is The Sound of Music. Oh, he loves Julie Andrews singing. He like does. He just gets so relaxed. Picture, listener, a very relaxed bunny who just is vibing to Julie Andrews. And generally, he is very skittish. Yes. Is that a fabric sound? I need to run away. He's so... Uh, he He's a rescue bun. He oh, had no. A, he had, like, a tough first year of life where they rescued him from outside, so the poor guy had to fend for himself, but he's in a better place now with us and Julie Andrews. As and, much Julie Andrews as he can take. And he's bonded to Nora. Yes. Who does not like music. No. It's a real... It's a... It's a stressful point for them to discuss, I'm sure. So, what is Nora's reaction when you play records? Oh, she gets so angry. Like, girl gets pissed and thumbs her back feet and runs around until I stop playing music. And, and then she's still like, I can't talk to you right yeah, now. Yeah, it Don't takes like an hour for her to recover. Like, she will not even take treats. The other person I wanted to highlight was Barbara Bel Geddes, who uh, is best known to me as Ellie Ewing. 
from oh. Dallas. Yeah. Farmerville Geddes. You love you some Dallas and oh, Dynasty. I know. So when Flink is on, I'm going to have to uh, talk about this. Okay, so I'll just tune out then for that part of it. Um, well, no, because the listeners are tuning in, so you have to tune in too. Okay. I'm, I'm here with you, dear listeners. All right. Why don't we get into this issue? Yeah. It's good. And we, we get what they would call in TV a cold open. I, yes, because it's that image of Siren from this other timeline no no what? no no i'm talking about the page with the good news and the bad news where it's like the, the no second... you are way you skipped over our cold open the fracas go to go to the cover yeah and, yeah in my version we have a cold open oh no no we don't oh we do did they cut it out on marvel unlimited we get the, the credits page. Go forward. Oh, they rearranged it on Marvel Unlimited. Okay, we'll cover it as it is in Marvel Unlimited because people probably have more access to that. So Okay, so what? we get this image of Siren from that other timeline where she's trapped in the null bubble being shot. And I also didn't realize... Is this her new outfit? Is, does she always had this outfit with the green circles on it? Because it's similar to Madrox's. It is. Like, is there a theme to the X-Factor outfits? I don't think so. Oh. I like, mean, we know there's not a theme to the art because... People Monet were commenting be, on that. Monet looking like Siren last <laughs> issue. Alright, so there's good news and bad news as we're told on this page. Yes, and it's so fun because it mentioned... So, the good news... Richter sent plummeting to his potential death was picked up by Monet, her timely arrival. Um, then we have the good news that X Factor has a first client, and Siren figured it out. So case closed, check cashed. And also in the good news, Layla Miller has gotten the filing system straightened out. Oh, she's so efficient. She is. And then there's some bad news about the mutant town drama. Mr. Tripp, the head of Singularity Investigations, is plotting, who, <laughs> with an elderly guy who kind of looks like Merlin, but it's not, trust us. Yeah, that's the exact quote from this page, and it's so good. We love uh, the, that sort of aside comment. Yep. And also included in the bad news, no one else but Layla understands the filing system she set up, and no one quite knows what she's doing there in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so... Just from the get-go, I was chuckling to myself, and the chuckling continues with the cold open as you were oh, going to go into. I really want to cover it because um, Siren, like many of us, is having a dream about Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I didn't put it together that that was him, but... Yes, it's Ewan McGregor as yes, Obi-Wan please. Kenobi, and she's like, oh, what a magnificent lightsaber you have, and she's like... Sure, you can bring Liam with us, so we're getting some Qui-Gon Jinn action from episode one. Oh, so swimming down the toilet is not a reference to another movie, it's just like their little underwater I boat so. with the whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. That looks like a toilet vertex. Yeah. So, so that's fun. So she's having a, st- a sexy Star Wars dream <laughs> with Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson. Knowing now that that's what the situation is, and not just, like, random people named Ewan and Liam, makes it so much better. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, um, someone wakes her up by activating her alarm clock. 
And uh, but we know who it is because of that jumper and the little pixie cut outline. Yes, Layla Miller. So she set off the alarm to go off um, because she knew <laughs> that Siren would have to meet with Jamie and have a chat. Yes, so she's working on getting Siren up, and she her powers activate. She shatters the little alarm clock that's there. It's so There's good. glass everywhere, and... The mirror is shattered in the background. And, um, Madrox is like, oh, you're awake. And she's like, what was your first clue? And he's like, all my Star Wars collectible glasses broke. Because she screeched and busted all the glass. Maybe that's what happened to the door. You would be, oh, the... Yeah, why... But they, did, but they would have replaced it with X-Factor instead of XXX. Money. Yeah, he has money. He could have. Yeah. Huh. So... This is also a fun continuation of the running gag where people are like, oh yeah, nice detecting their genius to Jamie Madrox. Which is fun. It is. And the sarcasm is present and accounted for in these panels. So. So they, uh, he is waking her up because this is happening right after he got that phone call. Yes. In the previous issue where uh, Layla Miller's like, you're going to want to answer that. So she probably like ran upstairs in the meantime to set the alarm clock to go off at 1 a.m. Which makes sense for Madrox to need to talk to Siren since Siren was the one who handled Gloria's... Gloria! Gloria. <laughs> ...case. <laughs> and yes, that was an unprompted, but we did it at the same time. Yes. Moment. Um, and Madrox is like... I'll warm up the car. And then I was like, no, don't bother. Yeah. So we got the Big Bang title page where Madrox is clinging to Siren for dear life as she is soaring. And like, I okay. Her, this moment is like very Titanic where it, her arms are outstretched. Yes. Only I love that she's in control and Madrox is just like, ah! I still don't quite comprehend her and Banshee being able to fly by shouting, <laughs> which they do reference. Um, in the movies, they made it a thing where, like, he had to have a special outfit for the sound waves to reverberate in the proper way. And, but here... She just has a cape. She just has a cape, and then when you're on the next page, the cops are like, you left the siren on! And the cop is like, no, I didn't, while they're landing on a rooftop nearby. So she obviously has to emit her screaming sound to flight somehow. I And I'm it going, is audible. I'm going with it as... Um, Demanda Martini always recommends if something doesn't make sense, drink. Like, <laughs> just get past it. It um, doesn't, n- not everything needs to make sense, logically. There are so many super crabby and toxic fans out there that would disagree, but um, because they're toxic, we don't care. No, and we hope that all of you are not toxic as well. Just have a sip of coffee. Yeah. Or something stronger. <laughs> and, um, so uh, Terry compliments Jamie on his disbone and he's like two years Olympic gymnastics team I want to see that dupe I want to see the gymnast dupe because you know that he is built AF yes um I feel like this is all that I can we can say about it but beyond <laughs> yes yes um and he makes an offhand comment like because she's like is there anything that one of your dupes hasn't done on your behalf and his response is had sex and she's like, seriously? And he's like, oh, no, I wasn't serious. My dupes have been pretty active. And then we got this interesting moment 
into the depths of his powers where he says, you know, actually, now that I think about it, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm. he's like, I'm not sure if I personally have had sex recently. Like, I really don't know. Because he's always... At, it's not compartmentalized memories when he reabsorbs the dupes. Right. Everything blends inside of him. And so when he's like, don't worry about it, it's complicated. And she's like, no, it's really not. And he's like, yeah, it, it, it really is, is complicated. Like, it's this whole amalgamation... Sort of, so I still envision him as like, not the when you're done painting glass of water that you rinse your brushes in, but like at the beginning when it's like swirly colors. Mm, yeah, so or when, when you're using like, especially when you're using glitter paints and stuff. I would never. <laughs> Dear listeners, don't use glitter because it'll you never get rid of it. It's the herpes of crafts. But glitter water is fun. Didn't you ever have to make like as a team builder like your own? like glitter jar or anything no dear listeners if you ever want <laughs> if you ever want to do this craft all you do is get like a bell jar um for canning ball jar ba- ball jar bell whatever <laughs> um you get a mason jar with a lid and everything you put water in there and then you get that glue with the glitter in it are you making your own snow globes? Basically, yes. So <laughs> you just like squirt a shit ton of that glue into a jar of water and you screw it shut and you have like your own little sparkly jar. Mm. And if you want to get real fancy, okay. Then you get the lid because the lid is going to be on the bottom so you can glue stuff to it. So when you like... Make a whole, make a whole scene, yes. You can make a whole scene. <gasps> what if I did that with some of the Happy Meal toys that I found recently? Oh. What yeah. if I made like a storm one? That would look cool. I have a gift card to Joanne Fabrics and I may be going there this week for some glitter glue. Mm-hmm. I will I will not be helping you with this, so I'm glad that this glitter is an glue in- independent and, like, project. And some like super glue. So, I'm going to make this work. It's going to happen, and I will post the results on our Instagram. Make sure to follow us at Files Podcast for this terrible craft adventure I will be going on. Wink with a little spark. Yeah. So, also, that's probably going to be part of your Etsy shop with your little shadow boxes. <laughs> Etsy was such a losing proposition for me. I made, like, comic prints out of old comics and everything, and no one bought them. Like, oh. I sold, like, three over four years. And they weren't even that expensive. It was like two dollars. Like, did I know this about you? Yeah, I guess I had forgotten. And now I have a bunch of postcards that I made that I'm just gonna send to people. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Anyway, dear listeners, thank uh, back you. to the issue. Uh, they're having the discussion about how Jamie doesn't really know what's going on, and we learn that Jamie is an esquire. He is like Mister Scott Free, a lawyer. One or at least one of his dupes became an, a lawyer, and then he yes. reabsorbed him. Right. But it's also, you got the, the green dots, like there's the, oh, the classic Madrox shirt, and then you've got the dots on Siren's abs and the one on her throat. Mm. So it's like, there's a motif going on, which I appreciate yeah. with team outfits. And uh, uh, Siren uses her <laughs> persuasive powers to get past the police, because being a lawyer wasn't quite cutting it. And so she says weird things like faith in Begora, and you can tell something happening with her voice because all the vowels are extended. She's like purring. Yes. And this officer is just like smitten. Yes. 
And, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> Jamie starts to question it, and she's like, don't start with And me. he's like, what? Did someone swipe your lucky charm? <laughs> and she was like, I was in the moment. I said, don't start. Holding up her hand. Uh, so we get this actor. There's some blood spatters in the background. And there's a detective there. And Siren goes in to be like, we want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And they get stopped by the representative. Who I think is the big bads, or who we think is currently the big bad. His son. His son. Yes. Because he's this junior. is Trip Jr. It's Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> or Star Trek, but he's maybe not as hunky as Trip the Third from Star Trek Enterprise. Yes. The only redeeming factor of that series. Yeah, it is. Um, Faith of the Heart. So, and he knows Siren's deal. He is explaining to the police, like, you. You got duped, and not in the Jamie way. Like, you got the wool pulled over your eyes because her power is persuasion. Get some cotton balls, stick them in your ears. Yeah, she was about to talk to my client and convince him to make a false confession. So he's gotten the dossiers on X Factor. Yeah. Or as they're currently known, XXX investigators. Yes. Are they investigating porn? Our our ongoing question until they change their name. Correct. Are they investigating? Do you think that it'll just change or will they make a deal out of it? I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for someone to be thrown through the glass and then they'll get it replaced with the proper name. Yeah. Okay. So. We're back at headquarters. It's Richter. And Richter hears something outside. And it is a former mutant getting the snot beat out of him. By this group of. It's actually unclear. Oh, no, the humans. I wasn't sure if it was the crowd, like, the division within the mutant-slash-form-mutant community of, like, missing your powers or being grateful that you're human again. Yeah, these are humans being assholes, being like, oh, not high and mighty anymore, are you? Yeah. And we get these great entrance thought bubbles, and then there's Guido. And because the thugs are like, what, you're gonna do something about it? And Guido's like, ah. Now that's what I love. A great entrance line. Yep. And then Rain has an even better one of, nah, they weren't talking to you, Guido. I can't do a Scottish brogue. I'm sorry, dear listener. Oh. Listeners. And, uh, yeah. Uh, she jumps um, out in her wolf form. And she's like, I got an entrance line. <laughs> it's great. They are getting entrance lines all over the place. Yes, and it's fun. It's, a, like, a nice counterbalance to some of the darker aspects. Mm-hmm. It's, like, there are fun comedic lines in here. They're really striking a good balance, I feel, so far with this book, between hardcore investigating, it's a crime, Nit- dark, gritty. nitty-gritty, and uh, comedic breaks. Yes. And they cha- chase off the humans, and... Rain is going to bring the guy in to heal him up, but Richard's like, I got it. I don't have powers. There's this brawl happening that I can hear. You two should take care of it since you are powered. Which really has just got a sting. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> as Richard's leading this guy into headquarters, there's Monet trying to take a bath. She's just trying to have a nice tubby. And... Uh... 
the the faucet broke and Layla Miller came in. She's like, is there a problem? <laughs> Starting and, and Monet is like, well, first of all, why are you still here? Second, learn to knock. Which it becomes a theme in this issue. And third, the faucets just came off in my hand and Layla's like, well, first, I'm here to help. Second, the door was open. And third, the faucet is the metal thing. The water's coming through. Those are just the handles. And I was like, ugh, whatever. Are you going to help or not? And she tosses the handles this... to Layla. And she's like, call me when it's done. Yeah. Um, Guido and Rain are going to the protest. It's looking real bad in Mutant Town. And... I love that the narration from Madrox, the little text squares. Mm -hmm. Are they green because it's Madrox or green because it's outside narration? I think it's green because it's Madrox narration. Okay, because I like that it's tied to him. Mm -hmm. And it's unclear where the movement started, college campuses, bars, KKK meetings, whatever. Like, they're all lumped in the same Mm -hmm. level of awfulness yes like where something like this could gestate i mean not the college campuses are necessarily like that but the other parts if you're gonna go hunt someone down like yeah and unfortunately siren and madrox were not there they were instead at jail trying to talk to gloria 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 because I, rachel I, was murdered you might need to edit that out oh no that's staying in oh um, no uh, because Rachel's murdered, and uh, Gloria doesn't remember. She has she remembers going to the door. He opened it, and then nothing. And then she's getting arrested. And you get these little asides between Madrox and Siren, which are fun, and they sort of like point Madrox at least points out that Gloria's voice is sounds like she's in shock almost. Like there must be some sort of like mental block telepathic shenanigan mm, going possible. on. Um, so, yeah. And they're like, do you think Singularity has the resources? I love that it's like, has the resources to hire telepaths to do evil things. Mm-hmm. And that's how this company is operating. Yeah. And so, Siren is just like adding this to the list of things to go mess up Singularity for. Mm-hmm. So... Monet is dancing around to I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. And it's 2006, so it's. it's it, but it's an iPad? iPod? It is an iPod, yeah. Oh, in the first frame, it all looked like a Walkman, and I was about to be very excited. But no. Yeah, that's an iPod. She's having a really fun time. She's feeling it. She's dancing in the mirror. She takes her robe off to admire herself. Like, yeah. That's. She's too sexy for her robe. Good for her for that, like, body positivity. Yeah. And Richter is trying to chat, and, um... He he, knocks. He knocks, he comes in, because she was singing along and was saying, oh yes, oh yes. He interpreted that as, oh, I can come in. And he is stunned, and she is mortified, and power punches him out of the room again. And says, does anybody here knock? And he's like, I did knock, you psycho. <laughs> so it's fun that there's a theme of, like, does anyone here knock? And, like, 
Every time. Every like, time. the door has been open, or... They did, yeah. and they were invited in, but it was only her doing the lyrics. Like, yeah. It's a whole thing. Except he's slightly creepy, because Richter's like, how was I supposed to know that? Use my x-ray vision through the door? For that matter, if I had x-ray vision, I'd have seen you naked ages ago, so that wouldn't matter. And then he's like, oh... And uh, now that that has those words have left my mouth, yeah. I'm hearing how they sound. And it, w- between last episode and this episode, we have researched he does not fully come out until like ten issues down the line. From yeah, he, there's like subtext that fans pick up on in, from the '90s. From the '90s between yeah. Richter and Shatterstar, that's never fully materialized. And then he comes out in a about ten or so issues, and then. Well, um, the kiss is in ten or so issues. You no, know, it is like not. Come out until later. The no, the kiss is not in ten issues. It is in like oh, 42. forty issues. So uh, he, it's confirmed that he is gay in about ten issues. I thought that came later. That's what you researched. I'm just saying what you researched. We'll oh, fact check well, before the next episode. Oh no, because I read things and now things might be mixed up. I thought it was no. I got distracted because it follows. I have like, it marked on the spreadsheet when they kiss. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I get the kiss is number forty-five. I get that, but I think like the fully coming out is post kiss mm-hmm. because it sort of tracks with what's happening with like other pop things at this time but oh, we can no. talk about that later yeah we'll obviously get cover that because when it happens it's too. as the world turns a daytime soap that ties into this but anyway in retrospect we know that richter doesn't care what about what he saw no monet cares understandably like she yes. feels violated yes and throws him out yeah and richter's like oh like I, I better see what's happening to the guy who was beat up. Okay, go check up on him. And he gets cold cocked out of nowhere. Yes. And he's down. And it, we see a guy talking on a cell phone. Mr. Tripp, subject is down. Um, yeah, I got one of their kitchen knives. I'll make it look like he cut his own throat. And who pops up? Mm, my current favorite, Layla Miller. Yes, because she knows stuff. We go outside. It is a full brawl between these protesters. Like, both sides are... Oh, I should have looked up more synonyms for brawl and fracas and dust-up. And And this is, like, escalated past. Yeah, like, someone's legit trying to choke Guido to death. Yeah. They're like, pull him down like he's a confederate statue. (laughs) Oh, except Guido was the I mean, he'd be opposite. Um, But Guido, we learn... Um, he was scrawny when he was a kid and he's picked on a lot. So he does not respond well to bullies. And that's what these people are rolling through Mutant Town. Yep. Being awful. Rain comes in and she just starts slashing people. Like, she's murdering people. Well, she says, it's part of their, like, closing warning, don't come back or we'll kill you. And I feel like these are just, like, scratches. She hasn't, like, sliced but, anyone's throats. Um... It just, there's a lot of spray, though. And she, later on, she wouldn't talk about it, and she there was so much blood that it was buried deep underneath her fingernails. I but think, I don't think there's corpses after this. Maybe they got rid of them. <laughs> um, so they basically uh, disperse everyone, like, get out of Mutant Town and stay out, or I swear to God, we'll kill y'all. Oh. So... Uh, Rain is pretty serious, and so is Guido. Like, they got Guido worked up. Strong guy, 
living up to his name. Yeah. He did not topple. Yeah. And maybe it's a tie-in to the miniseries where she kills the astral projector oh, person. Yeah. So I feel like she would be a little bit more restrained, mm-hmm. but also more conscious of where her that line is with her ability. Yeah. So. What this singularity assassin operative dude is on the phone and he's like, oh. There's a wrinkle. There's a wrinkle. There's a girl. She saw me. I don't know who she is. In a few minutes, it won't matter. She, Layla Miller gets the Layla Miller equivalent of evil monologuing here. And she's like, I know who you are. Singularity sent you. They figure that someone joined up with X Factor who wasn't supposed to. And he or she is causing confusion about the future. And you figured out it was Richter because he almost died. And that maybe you'd finish the job, except it's not him. It's me. And he's like, oh, is that so? And it flips open a switchblade. And she just keeps on monologuing. Yeah. We find out that she hates her assignment that has brought her to X Factor. Like, but it's a job. It's some sort of assignment that brought her here. Do you think she's telling the truth here? I don't see why she would lie to someone who she knows his fate, Mm. basically. Um, But she hates her job because it's misleading the good people here at X Factor. It means I lost my mom and dad twice. And Mm -hmm. he's screwed because she's holding the screws from the bathtub up above. Mm -hmm. And the light fixture in the kitchen where they're having this confrontation comes down and he gets all wet and he's like, you missed me. Except the cords come down. Yep, then the electric cord comes down. And Monet is still on her iPad, just floating in her room. Yeah, Monet's vibing with that iPod shuffle. Like, just floating there, feeling the music, and she's like, who turned out the lights? She's tra- she's just trying to relax after the confrontation with Richter. She, Which, like, she, was a violation. Like, it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight and you oh, walk no. in on someone like so, that. It's, it is still... She's just trying to salvage this night for herself. Yeah. She tried to take a bath. It did not work out. Next she, best she's thing, dancing. Like, dance in your room. Yeah, and that didn't work out. Now she's just trying to levitate and listen to some music. And the lights go out, and she's like... Maybe she's listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes. 20 years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, we get our final beats of this issue. Yeah, and this guy, as he's dying, is saying, who are you? And she's like, I'm Layla Miller. I know stuff. Yeah, and it's pretty brutal. And uh, there's like a whole panel of darkness. darkness. Uh, but it, leading up to it, Layla is like, Monet sounds angry. I better shut off the water supply so the top tub stops flooding. Then we can get the power back on. You, you're going to last about five seconds before your heart gives up. Like she and just, she's cold. She like, cold-blooded murder. Like, well, what did she say? She knows stuff. No, before then, your mother will mourn you, but your wife won't. Yeah. That is some, like, <laughs> as you zoom in on the I know stuff panel. Yeah. It, it's harsh. And it sort of takes her out of running gag mode and into, like, 
oh no, we need to pay attention to what's happening and sort of layer some seeds of distrust for her character now with us, the readers. Mm -hmm. Because she's admitted to misleading X Factor. But she's sort of helpful. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. And there's a lot more to learn. Yes. About everything. Um, did anything stand out to you in the letters page? In this one, um, I did think it was interesting that... They have two love letters. Like, people are gushing about this. And then Peter David is going off, or the editor is saying, we are so sorry, we misspelled this artist's name, not just once, not just twice, but three times. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. That's gotta not feel great. But then... That sort of is a deeper dive into the art differences mm -hmm. between the issues. And there's a whole thing about artist availability and trying to put things out on time. Yeah, the deadlines. And... Um, yeah, and then they even bring up the... the they call <laughs> it a coloring boner on page 18 from the previous issue. Simply complaining because Monet accidentally got transformed into Siren for a page? Where's the imagination in that? So he's reactivating this thing called the No Prize? Yes, Marvel No Prize. It's what Stan Lee and the editing bullpen would give out in, like, the 70s and 80s. Like, if you found something in a comics that could not be explained, then you got a No Prize, which was legit a blank envelope sent to you as recognition <laughs> that you you found something. Like, yep, you oh. you nitpick something that is actually legit. Uh, we... we... We got extra credit in organic chemistry from our professor who wrote the book, and if we found a typo or a mistake, and you, we pointed it out, yeah, we so, got extra credit. So here for the no prize, you have to send in an explanation. You have to be like, this is why. That was incorrect in the issue. So um, he's opened it up. That. Um, what would your explanation be? I think it would probably be Monet mocking Teresa. Oh, like, pretending like, to be her and be yeah. like, look at these rags I put on. Who do I look like? Exactly. Oh, it's a tyrant. <laughs> yes. That'd be my, that'd be my no prize entry. Oh, my, mine's much more boring. I was, would have said, like, weird neon lights that are changing what things look like. Okay. So. And our cover for next issue? Is very exciting looking. There's a lot of bullets flying at multiple Madroxes and... Multiple, multiple men. Yes. Har har. And Strong Guy. So we know that there's action coming up. Yeah, and the cord for the fan is in front of Strong Guy's arm, which is fun. Yes. So, right. yeah. Any other takeaways from this issue? It's so good. It adds depth, not just to Madrox, but also to Layla Miller. And so it's setting... You see this house of cards being built for these mysteries. Mm-hmm. And multiple mysteries at the same time. So I think that's super fun. Yeah. It's not just one storyline that we're pursuing here. It's a lot of different threads that are making up this book. And between last issue and this issue, do we even know who the big bad is? No. Is it Trip? Is it the not Merlin? Ooh. Is it someone else? Is maybe not Merlin part of some other cabal? Maybe. Maybe not. The real Merlin would, because the real Merlin seems to love cabals. He does. In the, in the current run. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess we'll continue uh, diving into these mysteries and maybe getting some answers soon. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, let us know your thoughts on this issue. Um, Maybe what your entry for the no prize would be. Or where were you in terms of pop culture in 2006? Yeah. Were you alternative? Were you mainstream? What was your vibe? Inquiring minds want to know. What is your favorite vanity single put out by an actress? (laughs) Actress or celebrity? Either. Oh. Either. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. So we will catch you later. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to follow us on Instagram at X Factor Files Podcast. Take care. Bye. Bye.